Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Mike Lander. Here's a bit about Mike. He is a successful entrepreneur and expert negotiator with a proven track record of buying, growing, and selling businesses for seven-figure sums. He's raised over $6.5 million of acquisition and growth capital in his career and grown companies to over $20 million revenue and $4 million EPITDA. Uh, Mike has a uniquely valuable perspective on negotiating commercial deals, having worked on both sides of the table as a procurement director and an entrepreneur. In one of his roles, Mike worked as a procurement director for what is now one of the world's largest RPO MSP organizations worth in access of $1 billion, where he negotiated hundreds of deals with staffing agencies. He launched Piscari in 2010 and leveraged his specialist knowledge and experience negotiating hundreds of deals worth over $400 million in total to empower leaders and sales teams to negotiate more profitable deals, especially when procurement is involved. He is the chairman of a successful SEO agency. And for those of you, it's search engine optimization. And without further ado, please welcome Mike Lander, where we're going to learn all things negotiation. Hi, Genesis. How are you? I am doing well. Wow. What an impressive background, Mike. But I want to know... (laughs) What's a fun fact about you that certainly my audience doesn't know, but maybe not even your community knows about you? Um, so what would a good fun fact be? So I've climbed up a mountain, uh, a live volcano at dawn, which was, quite inter- which was quite interesting. Was it on a bucket list that made you do that? or No, it just happened to be that we were in Indonesia at the time, many, many years ago, and uh, we decided to go up this live volcano. It was very safe, so that your listeners know. Uh, and uh, it was done by locals. So yeah, it was it was a great trip. Oh, nice. And thank you for sharing that interesting yet fun fact. And so Mike, um, you have an impressive background and I can resonate with procurement only because I have a supply chain and logistics degree and one of my minors is in purchasing. Uh. <laughs> but wow, you have hit some incredible metrics in the world of business with acquisitions and growth capital. Did you know that M&A, M&A's mergers and acquisitions was something that you wanted to do or did you kind of just fall into this line of work? Yeah, so I've, um, over the years, I've always been fascinated by deals. So I enjoy doing deals and whether that's buying goods and services for private equity-backed clients or whether that's working on uh, mergers and acquisitions on transactions. Um, I enjoy deals. I enjoy negotiating. And I'm a, 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 yeah, a kind of collaborative negotiator, but sometimes the collaboration can be quite tough. So when you think about your art of negotiation and how good you are at it, do you call yourself like one of those Shark Tank investors? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely not in that camp. 
So where I am is um, I've always believed uh, uh, as a procurement director and, and when I'm doing other deals that, you know, both parties have to get value out of the deal um, because you meet people uh, in business life um, uh, many times over. And therefore, it's important that you kind of create value for both parties. However, people that don't prepare well, but try and negotiate with me are going to come, come off worse. They just are. A big factor in negotiations, probably the, 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 there's a couple of really big factors that make a big difference in any negotiation that anyone does. Whether you're negotiating your salary, whether you're negotiating with a supplier to sell your company or with your family members, there's a couple of things that are really important. So the first one is preparation. Preparation will generate over 75% of the value in the deal. So always be prepared. The second one is confidence. Confidence has, has a significant impact on the outcome from any negotiation. Because if I see that you lack confidence, it's not that I'm going to take advantage of it, but it will probably mean that you'll be thrown off guard by things that happen. Any negotiation I've ever done, no matter how well I've prepared, things happen at the negotiating table that you didn't expect. Questions get asked that you didn't think about. So if you lack confidence, the danger is you might at that point agree to something which you shouldn't agree to. So again, preparation and improving your confidence has an enormous impact on the kind of value of the negotiation you get. And the third thing is you need a framework. So when deals are important and they're strategically important, or they're important from a relationship point of view, you need somewhere thinking through, how do I negotiate? Yes, you can read books, but your audience may, may or may not have heard of this, but there's a very famous piece of work done back in the mid 1800s by someone called um, uh, Herman Ebbinghaus. It's called the Ebbinghaus Forgetting Curve. And it goes like this. If you read a book, uh, let's say it's a short book, it's 100 pages. And let's say tomorrow morning, Genesis, we have a conversation. And I say, how was the book that you just finished? You say, it was great, it's really interesting. I said, what were the kind of three big things that you learned from it? You'd go, um, well, there was, there, was one, there was one thing that stood out, I think. And so within 24 hours, certainly within four days, we forget 80% of what we learned from anything that we do. Wow. Do you think whenever we learn something that we should write it down? Because as you're talking, I'm taking notes because I always exactly. believe Exactly. <laughs> so the key to embedding the learning. So try this out. You try it out. Your listeners try it out. So take one thing from this podcast. So the first thing you do is tomorrow morning, write some notes. Then tomorrow morning, read your notes. So you refresh your memory. So number one, take notes. Number two, come back to it the next day. Refresh your memory. Number three, the most important thing, take one action, something from the podcast that you've learned, and apply it in the next three days. At the time that you say, I'm going to try uh, preparing for a negotiation, put in your calendar that in five days' time, when you've taken this action, five days after taking the action, you're going to come back, look at your notes again, and take one more action. And you keep doing it. 
what will happen is your retention of what's in that podcast, what's in your notes, will head towards 80% over a period of probably about four weeks. Nice. So it's like a rinse and repeat. So rinse and repeat. Simple rinse and repeat. Well, it's rinse, act, repeat. Okay. The acting is really important. As human beings, we often fear the unknown. And taking an action on something that you've not done before has an element of fear in it. So that's why take a small step. Do one thing. You know, get a piece of paper, write down about the deal that you're doing, prepare some notes, do some research. That's not scary. Nope, not at if all. If you keep doing that each time, even if you've only got 10 minutes before a deal, people say, I've got no time. I'm like, have you got 10 minutes? Yeah, I've got 10 minutes. Just do 10 minutes preparation. 10 minutes is better than none. And I'll explain in this podcast a kind of a really simple four-step sequence of how to negotiate anything better every time. So I just want to recap. So you mentioned the first three are preparation, confidence, yep. and framework. Because yep. people could always tell if you're not confident by your body language, how, how prepared you show up to a meeting and exactly. the questions that you ask. Because sometimes people go into a room blindsided. And if you go in blindsided, not saying that we're going to take advantage of you, but we just know what our... Um, what our competitive advantage is because Correct. we can see by the way that you're handling yourself by some of the questions that you're asking and by your overall appearance that you're obviously lacking something and we don't mean to like you know prey on you but you have to come prepared like if you want to play with the big boys you got to get in where the big boys are yeah you got to show up prepared you know show up on time and show up prepared so when you think about negotiation how hard is it to negotiate whether you are negotiating your salary, you're negotiating to buy and sell businesses or et cetera. And can these principles that you're getting ready to share your four secret tips and secret sauce, yep. can it be applied in all the various areas? It can. Okay. Yeah. And what happens is um, you apply them to different degrees and different levels. Um, so obviously, you know, if you're working on a deal, um, let's say you're selling your own company, you know, that's, that's a life-changing thing that you'll do. And you'll probably only do it once in your lifetime. So the amount of preparation you do, the amount of research that you do, the amount of detail you put into your negotiation preparation templates that you do, all that will increase. But if you're, for example, uh, working with a supplier, and let's say you want someone to provide marketing services for you, it's going to be provided over a year, you, but you're going to do a 12-week um, a pilot um, yeah, you're going to prepare for it, but you're probably not going to spend days preparing for it. You're probably going to spend an hour preparing for it, thinking things through. So the templates apply no matter what you're doing, but the level of intensity and the amount of times you go back to the templates will vary depending upon the importance of that deal and the scale. So whenever you think about the templates and the level that you apply, do you often suggest maybe partnering with another negotiator who's in the same line of work, work as you, so you guys can complement one another and really collaborate in that space? Or what are your thoughts there? So it's a great point, Genesis, actually, about how you buddy up with people. So let's take a, let's take a scenario. Uh, so scenarios are always good. Let's say you're dealing with a supplier 
and uh, let's say your business turns over $20 million. So yeah, it's a reasonably big company. And let's say the supplier negotiation you're doing is worth half a million dollars. And the price range is between $400,000 and $600,000, the average being 500. But there's lots of other terms as well. So it's a really important deal for you as a business. What I recommend is two things. One, um, get a negotiation coach. Find someone who is a negotiation consultant, negotiation trainer, negotiation coach, and work with them to help you prepare. Because they'll, they'll ask you questions that you probably wouldn't have thought of. And they'll challenge your assumptions in a way that others won't. So that's number one. Find someone that you can bounce ideas off and that can test your thinking. The second thing is, when you start negotiating, people think negotiation is at the table. So when you're face-to-face, -face, either virtually or face-to-face um, -face in a room. That's part of the negotiation for sure. But from the moment you start preparing and emailing and exchanging ideas, you're negotiating. When you actually sit with someone and you are in a face-to-face -face negotiation of some kind, take someone with you. On an important deal, take someone with you. The key thing is the person that you take with you on your side, they need to have very good attention to detail. Their seniority and their function is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you're the chief exec and you take along the entry level um, administrator that's just joined or the marketing director that's been there for 10 years. It doesn't matter who she is or who he is or who they are. The important thing is it's really important that they have good attention to detail. Their job is to sit in the meeting with you and write notes. I don't mean the script of what happened, the salient points. So they need good attention to detail and an ability to cut through the noise to find out what actually is being said. And then what you do is this. Let's say it's an hour's negotiation, say. At about the kind of 40-minute point, you say, look, it'd be really good to take a break. Can we just have five minutes? Talk to your colleagues that's been taking notes and check in with them. Do we both see the same things? Have I missed something? What was important? How did they react? When I said something, they did something, but I can't remember what it was. What did they do? What did they write down? And that, when you go into the second half of the negotiation, will be incredibly powerful because you can play back to them and say, had a quick break. We've regrouped our thoughts. This is where I think we are in the negotiation. These are the things that we've agreed. These are the things that we're discussing. This is where we're going as an outcome. The power of that's huge. I like that because you're, uh, the person that you take with you is your observer and they're yeah. your second eyes and ears. So some of the things they can look at is body language. They may have, um, they may be able to see some of the notes that were written down. They are pretty much there to kind of be your silent partner. And Correct. one one thing that I've heard, Mike, and correct me if I'm incorrect, is some people always say, take your attorney with you so, because then they're able to ask, uh, <laughs> ask questions about terms and just making sure, you know, legalities are in place. What do you recommend there? So I, my recommendation is don't. So <laughs> there is a time to have your attorney in the room. Definitely. The time is when you're at the back end of the negotiation, negotiating terms and conditions. So 
at the beginning of a negotiation, during the start of a negotiation, um, there are times when this doesn't apply, but but 90% of the time, my advice is sit down with your counterparty, peer-to-peer, and start negotiating around the key principles. What are the key things that are the variables that are of interest to us both? What are our objectives? Where are we going with this? Um, what kind of timeline are we looking at? Uh, what would a deal structure look like? Uh, can we make the pie bigger for each other? All those things, that's where you start the negotiations. Once you've got down to an agreed scope, a set of commercial terms, you know, a deal structure, um, when you're at that stage, and by the way, in parallel, you've had the T's and C's because your lawyer's been looking at them in the background. When you're at that stage, bringing in your attorney, attorney at the final kind of like stages just to make sure that nothing's been missed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But bringing an attorney in at the beginning of a negotiation, what's likely to happen is your counterparty will go, okay, it's going to be a legal battle. All right, so I'll bring my attorney. Then you get two attorneys in the room. You're both paying their time. And because of their training, their background, their approach, um, they will be into the detail, definitely. Um, they'll be cautious by their nature. Um, and the danger is you get not six variables on the table, but you get 20 variables on the table. What I would recommend is this. And I just did a video on this. Uh, actually, I, it was released yesterday, um, which was around um, when you're preparing your negotiation, Getting your attorney on board with you when you're preparing your negotiation is really valuable. Because what they'll do is, when you've agreed your principles that you're trying to get across in this negotiation and your key variables and where the kind of limits are, they'll be able to say, look, I've looked at the terms and conditions from your counterparty. Let's say it's on their paper. I've gone through them. There's about four big things here that we can't accept. There's indemnities, there's IP, there's some warranty issues, you know, Bring those into the negotiation early on. So it's really important that you get an attorney on board for big deals early on, but you don't bring them to the negotiating table. You help, they help you prepare for the negotiation. Okay, I like that because then if you bring them too early in the meeting, then the red flags go up and then they- You feel, escalate. Yeah. You're so just then escalating in the meeting and that's a bad idea. And never surprise your counterpart about bringing your attorney in. Okay. That's because you really... won't have a negotiation. <laughs> the deal will be off the table. What yeah. about this? Um, do you think this is a myth or fact? So some people say the negotiation begins whenever you walk into the door because they're already sizing you up to see, okay, do I like this person? Do I want to do business with this person? And et cetera. Do you think that's a myth or a fact? I think it's a bit of a myth, to be honest. So body language has its place. So body language, yeah, it, it's important. We all understand as human beings that the way that we react um, tells things uh, about ourselves and what we're thinking. And, you know, in poker, they are called tells. Um, but it's a bit of a myth. You know, for example, when I was a, a procurement director buying you know, $400 million worth of, of goods and services, yeah, it's important when someone walks in about how they behave, for sure. But that's not my primary because my primary is I've already prepared. I know what deal structure I want. The person that walks in is the representative of the company. It's not the company. You know, unless I'm negotiating with a freelance consultant, which I did, I've done quite a lot of those. 
you know, if you sure if you're negotiating with with a one person consultancy who has expertise in a certain domain that you want, sure, if they turn up late, they've not thought it through, they're ill prepared, and they try and talk or meeting, I'll probably ask them to leave the room. that you just asked them to leave the room okay thank you for um playing with their fact there and then <laughs> <laughs> no because some of these are things that people have heard they and they feel like they're gold standard like oh i need to bring my attorney or i'm already being judged before i before i could um you know present my case or whatever so i really want to like debunk some of those myths and bring in someone with Definitely. your expertise and knowledge to shed light on the subject and I know um, earlier you mentioned there are four, um, four tips or your secret sauce yeah. to negotiation. Would you mind sharing those? Sure. So this is based upon 20, 25 years of negotiating deals. And I've been on many courses, some amazing courses, like the Harvard course, uh, the program on negotiation course is a fantastic course. There's no getting away from it. It's a brilliant course run out of Harvard University. Is it the Harvard Mentor Management System or is it strictly the Harvard? No, it's called Harvard POM. So P-O-N, okay. Program on Negotiation. And it's okay. a combination of the business school faculty with the law school faculty. And it's an amazing program. So William Urey is one of the lecturers there uh, who wrote a brilliant book, if your listeners haven't read it, called Getting to Yes. If there's only one negotiation book you read in your life, then yeah, read Getting to Yes. It's a brilliant book. It's a short read. And it gives you the key principles of negotiating anything in a very collaborative way. Um, William Yori and Roger Fisher wrote it. So what I've done is I've gone on all these courses. I've negotiated loads of deals. I've written loads of templates. I've, I've turned around to myself and gone, the problem is it becomes very complex. The templates that you get given from these courses often are too complex. So I've boiled them down to the essence of a four-step, what you call my kind of secret source of negotiation. And it goes like this. Step what so I'll outline the four step names and then we'll go into each step in a little bit of detail. Step one is objectives, the objectives of both parties. Step two, timelines and milestones. Step three, variables, negotiation variables. Step four, deal issues and challenges. So four simple steps. So let's take step one. The first thing you do is you write down your objectives. What are your objectives? What are your goals from doing this deal? Then you write down your counterparty's objectives. You're guessing, you're making some assumptions. Write them down. Check them as you negotiate later on, but write them down. Then work out some objective criteria. A big thing that's missed, I would say 98% of people that negotiate don't go through this step. And if you do do it, it, makes a big difference. Work out some objective criteria by which both of you could agree that this is a good deal and show it to them. I think there are three criteria by which we could judge that this is a good deal for both of us. If you start with that and you agree on that, when negotiations go off track, you can bring them back to it. And it's not theory. I did it with someone literally eight weeks ago on a big deal they were negotiating it completely changed the deal and the last thing you do on that first step is batner's best alternative to a negotiated agreement 
Very simple negotiating term. So BATNA, best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And what that is, is you must have an alternative that allows you to walk away and do something different. As a buyer, I'll have three, op- three providers that I'm looking at. I've got choices. As a seller, having a strong pipeline is a great BATNA. Don't do bad deals. Walk away from bad deals. Step two, the timelines and milestones. Work out, I think there's four steps in this negotiation. We're going to um, talk about the commercial principles. We're going to uh, agree the scope and terms and conditions. Um, We're going to contract the terms and conditions, and then we're going to agree some KPIs. There are four steps. Those four steps are going to take us 12 weeks. Those four steps have got three milestones, four milestones, and these are what the milestones are. Write them down, send them to your counterparty. Don't put too much detail in, but put enough in that you can keep yourselves on track. What it will do is it allows you to create a rhythm, a cadence with your counterparty. Step three, variables. Write down your negotiation variables. So for example, there's always price, but there's payment terms, intellectual property, length of contract, termination clauses in contracts. So there's five to start with. For each one on your piece of paper, so you've now got five rows, on the right-hand side of the page, write down your ideal outcome for each variable. On the left-hand side of the page, write down your least acceptable outcome. You've now got a range. For each variable, you know what your best outcome looks like and what your least acceptable outcome looks like. And as you negotiate those five variables, if they start to squeeze you on price, then you start to extend on payment terms. I want 14-day payment terms rather than 60-day payment terms. I need a two-year contract, not a six-month contract. I need to make sure that the termination clauses in the contract is that you can't terminate at will. You can only terminate for lack of performance. So now you're negotiating. Yes, you can have a better price, but in exchange for that, I want to change the scope and change the commercial terms. Perfectly reasonable. The last step, issues. As we start negotiating anything, Things come up you didn't realize. Issues come up. Things you haven't thought of. Write them down. Work out who raised the issue. Work out what the solution is. Send it back to them. Keep track. Because if you fail to keep track of the issues, the deal will will unwind towards the back end. Those four steps will make you a better negotiator every single time. Those are four secret sauce steps. I like that. So what is what is your term to calling those four steps? I call them the secret sauce because not everyone <laughs> has given that. <laughs> so I it was I liked it so much that we created a book, a workbook. And it's called the Higgle Workbook. So if you go to Higgle, H-I-G-G-L-E dot Piscari, P-I-S-C-A-R-I dot com, there's a workbook. And we turned it into a work. In fact, there's one here. So it's a proper old-fashioned notebook. And inside it are templates. And you fill in the templates. 
So Hegel is an old-fashioned word for um, a kind of a barter, a negotiation. It goes back to the mid, I think, 15th century, I think, somewhere on there. And it was just a nicer word than saying negotiation process workbook. <laughs> I like that. I like the Hegel workbook. The Hegel. It, may, it makes you want to think of a dance or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll stick in your mind now. You won't be able to forget it, Genesis. No. And so, Mike, as we wind down, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. So go to higgle.piscari.com. Um, there's a workbook there. If you're not ready to buy the workbook, it's absolutely fine. There's a, um, a subscription to my email insights series. You can sign up to that. And every fortnight, you won't get a newsletter. You'll get practical tips and ideas on how to improve your negotiations in your life. And for those of those who are a little bit nosier and more interested in connecting on a deeper and personal level, how can they reach out to you on social media? And I also want you to plug your website. Yep. So uh, best thing to do is to go on to, so I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot. Go on to LinkedIn, uh, look at Mike Lander. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so Mike Lander Piscari, uh, look at me on there and then uh, send me a message and connect with me. So that's absolutely fine. Or follow me. I have a newsletter on there that I send out once a month. Um, and then the website is piscari.com, P-I-S-C-A-R-I.com. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Camp, and all of Mike Lander's contact information will be in the show notes. I hope you were fed with some really good negotiation nuggets and you are ready to take your negotiations to the next level. Remember, you could use all these principles in all areas when it comes to negotiation. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We're on 40 plus platforms. Follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. And make sure you leave a review wherever you are listening because I want to connect with you, our audience base. Let me know what topics you want to hear. What did you like about this segment or any questions you have for Mike so I could give them over to him. And if you want to donate to continue the mission of this podcast, please um, go to my website, which is genesisamariskemp.net so we can continue to bring you powerful content from SMEs, subject matter experts. Until next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.